What's up, peeps? I'm Mark Zalmanoff, and I'm here to help you make good choices. Welcome to the next latest, greatest edition of the Make Good Choices podcast. I am your host, Mark the Fitness Ninja Zalmanoff, your favorite friendly neighborhood fitness ninja and author. And I have a super special guest with me today. But before we get rolling, please go subscribe, leave a five-star review, tag this on the socials, because that's how more people can find this and we can help them make good choices as well. So today's guest, this is actually, this is kind of, it's funny because it's the first time I've actually even talked to this dude. Uh, we connected through social media, which is fantastic. That's the wonderment of social media, right? Like we can connect with all kinds of awesome people and you build this, these weird little friendships and you never even talk to people. It's, it's the strangest thing. Anyway, um, I got connected with this guy through my Apex network and he did, and we're definitely going to talk about this. So for those of you who know what the Murph is, it is a hero wad in the CrossFit realm. It's a mile run, 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats, and a mile run. And this man did it every single day for a year straight. And yes, that is as crazy as it sounds. So we will definitely talk about that. Um, he is a leadership and performance coach. I'm super excited to have you on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Graham Desert, how you doing, sir? Yeah, dude, I'm doing great. Uh, it's such an honor to be here. Thanks for having me. I, uh, you know, when I heard about what you were doing, you know, the, my first thought is that's just crazy. And I'm like, okay, well now I want to know more about the crazy because, you know, in our realm of entrepreneurship and, and some of the people that cross our paths, there's a lot of crazy things that happen. So I, I definitely want to dive into that. But before we do that, what I want to know, so people always ask, like, what do you do, right? Like, what do you do? Mm -hmm. for a living? Mm -hmm. you make my sure. I don't really care about that. What I want to know is who are you? Who am I? Well, gosh, man, uh, I'll keep this like, I'll just, I'll fly over because we could talk about this for a long time. We can talk about my identity and where I've been and what I've done uh, in my past for a long time. But dude, I, I mean, I, I grew up in a large military family of 10 kids. Um, you know, we moved every two or three years. Um, my father's last station was in Kansas city. So that's where I grew up. Uh, that's where I met my wife. That's where I started my first business. Uh, it's where we had children, where we bought our first house and a commercial property, all that kind of stuff. All of our first pretty much happened in Kansas city. Um, our business, uh, roofing 101 just continued to grow and grow and grow. And we got to a point where, you know, we were looking around like, man, where in the world would we want to move? Where in the country? We can move anywhere in the country. Where do we want to move? And so we started looking at all these different places and we chose Carlsbad, California, which is, you know, it's a city just right outside of San Diego, uh, probably about, you know, I'd say two to 300,000 people right on the beach. Um, I love this area. We moved here about four years ago and, um, you know, at my core, uh, if I had all the money in the world, which I don't right now, um, but I will. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, sir. But if I had all the money in the world, I would spend my time uh, training, working out, right? Training and working out, uh, playing music and developing leaders. And that question was asked to me about a year and a half ago, almost two years ago. If you had billions of dollars, what would you be doing with your time? 
And at that point, I was an entrepreneur just hot and heavy in my business growing and expanding and, you know, bringing in executives to, to take over responsibilities and things like that and opening up locations and all that kind of stuff. And so I felt like I wasn't living my best life. I was too heavy in one area. And so my immediate answer was like, well, I'd train all the time. I would, I would play music more and I would develop people and leaders. That's what I would do. And so then I knew at, at that point, like, that's ultimately who I am. That's what, you know, that, that's what I need to be doing with my time. And so I started to make changes in my life uh, to, to do that. Um, you know, I'm now on, on the worship team at my church, uh, which I absolutely love. Um, I've, I've was uh, casted as multiple roles in this musical with my wife and my, my daughter, uh, which was awesome. Totally outside of my comfort zone. I've uh, never it. done anything like that before in my life. Uh, so it really freaked me out being on stage, <laughs> acting, dancing, singing, um, that, and, and so, uh, that, but it brought me joy. Like, like my, I feel like who I am is just in constant pursuit of just getting better and, and reaching my full potential as a person and just seeking joy in my life because, you know, life's just short, dude. Like I, 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 I mean, life's short if you're not living it every day, but, um, at the same point, it's just like, I'm not going to let a day go by without, you know, seeking adventure and finding some joy. So those are the things that bring me joy and make me feel alive. So that's what I do. And that's, that's who I am. You know, I, I love that you say joy and not happiness. And it's, I'm assuming it's a conscious choice of words mm -hmm. there. You know, I, I've said for a long time, I, I think happiness sometimes is a selfish thing and joy is an unselfish thing. Hmm. And, and see, I knew, see, we we're supposed to talk, man. Uh, like I pursue joy. I do the same thing. And, and to me, what joy does is it's you giving out to the world, right? Hmm. And letting the world give you what you need back. So it's not you going out there for you. It's you going out there for your purpose. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the difference between happiness and joy. Well, here's the deal. I mean, joy, joy is all inside every single one of us. It's all inside every single one of us. And, and this is like, this isn't to get like religious or like super spiritual, but oh, God, made us, God, God made us and he's in, he's inside every single one of us. His touch, his fingerprint is on every single one of us. And so, you know, joy is inside us. And so ultimately it's like, doing the things and being around the people that makes the joy inside you come alive. That's because it's inside you. But when you're actually pursuing your God given like purpose, the joy just starts to just flow out of you. Yeah. And that's, and that's, I guess that's, that's it. No, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. You know, I, anybody that knows me and has known me for a long time knows that I pretty much have a smile on my face all the time. Like it yeah. takes, it takes a lot to get me angry, you know, like, like real anger, not like piss off at traffic anger, but you know, like really get, get to me. And, and so much of it is I've, I've spent my life being grateful. And I had, I had really great examples of that. Uh, my, my backstory, my grandma helped raise me and she had yeah. every right to complain about everything and never did. You know, she, uh -huh. she suffered from cancer and strokes and diabetes and high blood pressure and all that stuff. And she was the happiest lady I've ever met. And, and that has always stuck with me watching her go through those things 
and waking up every day going, thank you, God. Like she was truly grateful to have another day in existence. And she was like that until the end. And that plays in my head all the time. Like, what am I going to complain about my first world problems for when that's exactly what they are? And there's nothing that can't be solved. And I got a roof over my head and food on my back and people that love me and people to love. And so, you know, what's there, what's there to really complain about? You know, you live in California, so obviously uh-huh. California gets a bad rap nowadays, but yeah, but you know, you're still seeking joy out there and living your yeah. best life, you know? Oh, dude, dude. I was just telling somebody today, um, man, I got to read this. Hold on. You guys, you guys need to hear this. Uh, Cause this is super, um, this is super important and it applies to exactly what we're, what we're talking about you know, and it talks about like joy in life. And um, so this is, this is a friend of mine and he goes, a rich life is not your bank account. It's your life account. And uh, it just made me really think about, you know, what, what we focus on, um, you know, and, and if you focus on, do you, do you make, do you make money your focus or do you make, um, you know, life and adventure your focus and money is just a byproduct of, you know, the life you live, yeah. um, you know, money's a tool and ultimately, um, anyways, I, I think we could talk for a long time about, <laughs> yeah. about money and wealth, uh, in a good way, like, like the, all the good things about it. Uh, but what's interesting is, you know, we start off with, with, with joy and, uh, the podcast name is making choices. And ultimately, you know, that's, that's what, that's what that is. Like joy, joy and happiness is a choice that you make. And, um, you know, I get this picture of, and, and, you know, I've spoken to people about this all the time, you know, as a, as a performance coach and a leadership coach, you know, we've lived in probably the most stressful year in the last year. Um, and I feel like it's one big fire drill, you know, and it's like, <laughs> you know, it's this massive fire drill that the entire world was involved in this massive social experiment that the world was involved in. And there was a lot of stress. I mean, there's a lot of financial stress. There's a lot of personal stress. I mean, people are living in their houses, not, not able to leave. And uh, just think about, think about that, you know, um, now husbands and wives are forced to deal with conflicts that, that, that have just been buried for, you know, they've swept them under the rug. And then all of a sudden now they have, they're left to deal with these conflicts are unresolved. Um, fathers and mothers are trying to figure out how to homeschool their kids and how to, how to like work virtually. And there's just all these things that people have had to figure out. Um, but ultimately it just comes down to, you know, the choice of engaging and, uh, you know, the attitude that you, you know, come to it with. So, uh, that's probably one of the, one of the biggest things that I've, that I've learned within the last year and just working with people is, you know, the choice that you have, um, and actually all of these stresses, the thoughts that it brings up, you know, it's like, don't be afraid of the thinking that, that you start to think. You know, one of the things that I've learned through this Murph 365 journey uh, is I started to understand the power of the mind and the choices that we make on a daily basis. I had to make a choice every single day uh, to follow through on the commitment that I made, you know, yeah. and I had plenty of opportunities not to do it, you know, but it was just like, it was a choice for me. And it was a decision based upon the commitment that I had and uh, I made it happen, but I started to dive into, you know, the brain and how we make choices. I started to dive into uh, just some of these studies that are out there on the brain. You know, in 2005, there was a study done on the brain. We have 12 to 60,000 thoughts a day. This was in 2005. That's a lot, dude. 12 to 60,000. That, that's pre-Facebook. Right, that's pre-iPhone. Right. You know, that's pre 
2020 pandemic that's pre 2020 election, you know, uh, (laughs) that's pre having a new president and all this weird stuff going on. And so it's like, now I would imagine we have more noise in our brain. And the biggest thing that we can do is literally make a choice to start to take these thoughts captive that don't serve you and delete them and replenish it with something new uh, that actually does serve you and actually lines up with what you believe about yourself and the standards that you have for your life. And what's amazing that happens is you're actually able to control what comes into your brain. And then you start to develop these habits of, you know, when these negative things start to pop up in your brain, which they do, they do for everybody, right? you know, especially when you start to put yourself under stress or you're in stressful situations, you know, it's like this, this natural stimulus that happens. You're just like, I don't like this situation. And you can start to feel yourself going down this slippery slope of complaining or, you know, these things start to enter your brain and you're just like, you know what? No, I can put a stop to it. That thought is deleted. I'm going to replace it with something new. This is what I'm going to replace it with. And then you start to progress and move forward. And what happens is after repetition, after repetition, what you believe in and what you believe about yourself, the standards that you have for yourself start to actually start to actually change. They start to, you know, my dog's barking in the background, <laughs> All good. Um, but they like your standards start to go up. What you believe about yourself start, starts to change. And then the way you think starts to change, the way you speak starts to change. Everything changes. Well, and I've said it before, you know, no one talks to you more than you. And, and most people yeah. never think about what they think about. So the more Absolutely. you are about that, that decision and, and the, those word tracks that are going through, you know, most of us got like decades of crap. We got to unravel and rewire and, and, you know, move the circuit somewhere else to train yourself in a different manner. And, you know, people understand physical training, but they don't understand mental training and how the two are the same thing. You know, you walk mm-hmm. in a gym and you can deadlift 95 pounds and your goal is to do 500. Well, it takes repetition. It takes perfecting your form. It takes showing up day after day. And it's the same thing with our thoughts. We just don't treat it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, the, the funny thing about the, the Murph and you say, you know, like every day you had to make a choice, right? The, the, the bit of it is, is that had you stopped at any point, most people, I believe, most people would have been like, oh, I understand. Right? Mm-hmm. I get because- it. Because, you know, we talk about like, oh, well, go, you know, go pursue your passion. And, oh, you don't like that. We'll just quit and go do something else. Oh, you don't like that. We'll go quit and do something else. And there's such a lack of following through on commitment. Yeah. And, you know, it's really important. You bring up communicating with yourself. And I truly 100% believe this, that the number one reason why people don't reach their full potential is because of the way they communicate with themselves. And it all has to do with the lack of follow through and what they say they're going to do, not to anybody else. Because if you think about it like this, externally, if I tell you that I'm going to do something and I don't follow through, you automatically start to distrust because there's a break in commitment, right? There's a break in that integrity and integrity has more to do with what you say you're going to do. What comes out of your mouth follows up with action than it does right and wrong, you know? It's integral. Your actions and your words are integral. So when externally, when people don't deliver what they promise, after a while, we just write them off and we're like, yeah, whatever. They're just blowing smoke. Well, guess what happens? The same shit happens to you when you do that to yourself. When you say you're going to do something 
that nobody else through you, you trust in yourself and then you just play smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller confidence drops confidence drops wildly after that and so then what happens is you fall into this pattern in this loop of just playing average you know being average being comfortable i'm just going to stay here because that's where you know i just know i won't mess things up yeah yeah. And, and unfortunately, that's most people now, mm-hmm. probably not most people that will listen to this, but, you know, I, I think it resonates well with a lot of people. Yeah. And, and I think that it's, it's something, you know, we all deal with it at some point. Absolutely. You know, a lot of us, we talk about the imposter syndrome and, and, you know, as you start to get ahead in life, whatever that looks like for you, you begin to question is, do I deserve this? Is it really me? Do I really know what I'm doing? Am I really capable of having a healthy relationship, having a a healthy bank account? And so all those things come into play. And it really, it really does come down to that choice you make of what do you do with those thoughts? Mm -hmm. You know, do you let the devil in and let him, let him tell you otherwise, or do you keep pursuing without exception Mm -hmm. because you know, you know what that purpose is that you're trying to serve? Absolutely. I call that the voice of opposition. I mean, obviously it's the devil, but it's the voice of opposition is always there to keep you and knock you off the path. And, and the biggest thing is discouragement is like the devil's hail, hail Mary. You know, you're just, you're, you're like so close to breakthrough and then discouragement happens. That's the devil's hail Mary to get you off the path. Discouragement is the devil's hail Mary. He knows that you are just about there. And it's the strongest, the closest you are to breakthrough. So I wrote that. Yeah, you're just you're just like, and that's the (laughs) one thing. It's like, oh, I feel discouraged. I must be close to the end. I'm gonna keep going. Oh, I'm discouraged. I must be close to the end. I'm gonna keep going. I love Um, it. Yeah, and so great perspective for sure. All right, so so let's switch gears a little bit. Um, Let's get into the Murph here. So if if you've never done the Murph. Um, if you don't work out on a regular basis, it will destroy your life for a little while. If, <laughs> if, if you do work out on a regular basis, it will still mess you up for a few days. I swear to God, every year that I do it, my legs are shot for like the rest of the week. The rest of my, my upper body is usually fine. You know, you can gut out a mile, you know, you can just be as slow as you want, but man, my legs just get shot from doing the squat. So the fast. air squats. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I want you to talk about where, where this idea came from that you were going to do it every single day. And, you know, what were, what were a couple of the really big lessons you learned throughout the process of of being committed to doing it? Mm -hmm. Awesome. So first of all, um, you know, the Murph is a hero wad in the CrossFit world and a hero wad was, was, and, and listen, man, I got to start this off with honor, you know, I want to honor the man that this was created after. So uh, in the CrossFit world, they have hero wads, and hero wads are, are made to honor men and women that died in uh, the line of service, whether as a first responder, a police officer, a firefighter, uh, military, whatever it might be. So Murph uh, was named after Lieutenant Michael Murphy. There's a movie made about the whole story called Lone Survivor, and uh, Lieutenant Michael Murphy was the one that went to get the comm signal during this mission. They're in the middle of a firefight in a mission. And uh, they lost the comm signal to, to be rescued. So he went off into the open to, to basically get a comm signal to get uh, basically a, a, you know, a helicopter in to extract a team or whatever. 
and uh, save them. So he knew he was putting his life on the line, but you know, that's what, that's what these men do. Yeah. You know, that's what these men do. So uh, unfortunately um, he was killed during that, uh, during that action. Um, they were able to get, um, you know, a team in those people were killed. A total of 19 people were killed in the mission. There was one survivor um, that was Marcus Luttrell. So there's a whole movie on that. I would recommend watching it to understand. So then they made a workout, his favorite workout, which is a mile run, um, hundred pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 air squats, followed with a mile run wearing a 20 pound vest. So this, you, you know, I've done a, a, a Murph pretty much every Memorial day for like the last, I don't know, five or six years. And the first time I did it literally laid on the ground in a pool of sweat for 20 minutes. <laughs> and so when the idea was brought to me, I was just like, Oh, that sounds ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's, that does not sound like a good idea, you know? Uh, but there was also part of me that was just like, you know, I enjoy uh, pushing myself. I enjoy crucibles. I enjoy discipline. I enjoy the grind. Um, and I just so happened to be looking for something. I was searching for something uh, to, to, you know, just mold me at the time. And so my former business partner is named Steven. Uh, called me and he's like, Hey, uh, what do you think about doing a Murph every day for a year? Um, and I'm like, man, that sounds crazy. And I was like, Oh, you're actually speaking to my soul, man. That's awesome. I didn't think he was serious about doing it. And so, and I didn't think he was like, just really serious. I thought he was just kind of like shooting the shit yeah. saying, Hey man, here's an idea. So, um, I actually decided to do it. I wrote it down, uh, in a goal setting session in December for the year 2020. Uh, this was December 2019, wrote it down uh, that I wanted to start it at some point in 2020. And, um, you know, I started to work with a coach, performance coach by the name of Tim Grover. Um, if, if you guys know who Tim Grover is, he's a guy that worked with Jordan and Kobe Bryant and some of those other like high level basketball players. Dwayne Wade is another one. Um, I think he worked with Michael Phelps and Tiger Woods, but that's what he does. He's a performance coach. So, in a, it was like the, this group call, right? We're in this group call and uh, he starts talking about how, uh, he starts talking about procrastinating hard things. And, and, uh, <laughs> and then this like, and he was, I felt like he was just speaking directly to me. So I remember, um, you know, being on the call and I was like, man, what really is holding me back? I'm like, well, I don't have a vest. So we're on the call. I, I get onto the website, order a vest. And I was like, as soon as it comes in, I'm starting. So from the time that I actually put it on my goal board, I put it on my goal board in, in December, 2019, I bought the domain Murph 365 on January 1st. And then I started my first Murph. I believe it was February is February 22nd, 2020 is when I started. Okay. You know, so it took about, you know, seven to eight weeks to actually get the courage to do it because for me, it was just like, man, this seems like one hell of a commitment, you know? And so that was probably the biggest thing I was afraid of was the amount of the size and the commitment. But what I started to focus on, I shifted my focus on, you know, less of, you know, the pain of the commitment and more on what it would uh, make me become, yep. you know, what it would make of me. That was the number one thing that I, that I was looking for was, you know, how is this going to shift me as a man? How's this going to shift me as a, as a father, as a husband, as a business owner, you know, and, uh, dude, it, it was a radical transformational experience for me. 
we talk often in, in, in business, when you reach a certain realm and you're trying to break through whatever that realm is, that it's not, you don't have anything else to learn. It's who do you need to become to reach that next level? Not what do you mm-hmm. need to know or what connections you need to know? It's none of that. It's mm-hmm. truly who do you need to become because you can't be the same person that you are now to get somewhere else because who you are now your behavior got you there now. So you right. got to figure out who you need to be to get to that next level. So, so you start the Murph, you got your vest, you get rolling. Mm. When does the reality hit that? Oh, I'm doing this for a year. You know, I sometime within the first 30 days, I remember laying in bed. I don't know the exact day, but I remember laying in bed, not being able to sleep because the inflammation was so strong. Like, and literally guys, like you can feel your muscles are, are like torn up and they're literally rebuilding like every, like for an entire year, I did not give myself more than 12 hours off, you know? So there were no rest days. And so my body was like, for, was forced to figure out how to, you know, recover within that period. And I just remember like just feeling all this weird stuff going on in my arms <laughs> and my legs and like, just oh, not being not able rest, to sleep. <laughs> and I'm like, this is, this is, uh, this is my reality for the next, you know, 11 months. It's, um, you know, it becomes one of those things that it, obviously it's very physical. Don't get me wrong, but the, but the mental aspect of it, and we'll, we'll talk about James here in just a little bit too, James Lawrence, but you know, the mental aspect of it, of knowing, you know, you're a man of your word, you committed to it. You mm-hmm. obviously told some people in the beginning, you know, I think that's a huge part of making, especially big commitments of saying, Hey, I'm going to do this and letting someone else know. So people hold you accountable to it. Mm-hmm. But again, it goes back to that decision every day. You have to make that choice. It's not a foregone conclusion. Any day you could have woken up and I'm done. I'm, I'm just done. You know, my body hurts. I'm tired. I'm sore, you know, mm-hmm. but you know, we get to choose our hard too. And that's, that's such a, a, a difference of the people that really excel and succeed in life. And those who never quite get to what they want is is that ability to to choose the hard when it is hard but knowing what's on the back end of that so so what did you like a couple of big takeaways from from going through this what did you discover about you and and how are you different now than you know before you started well number one you got to make decisions ahead of time because you know things are just going to come up challenges are going to come up um, things are going to start to separate you from your goal. Um, you're on this road to success and on this path to achieve a goal. And then all of a sudden there's a roadblock. And so you have to make decisions ahead of time. And what I mean by that is this, you know, I've done over 1500 hours of training with Navy SEALs in the last five, six years. And, uh, one of the things that they talk about is when they go on missions, Mission could last 12 hours, you know, but they're doing minimum 24 hours to 72 hours of, of planning. And, you know, they already know how to use all the equipment, you know, unless, right. unless a new weapon or, or some, some sort of new piece of equipment is being introduced specifically for this mission. They know everything. They know how to use all that stuff. That's what they train on a day. That's why they train on a daily basis. That's like learning 
like dumbbells. Like, yeah, you know how to use a dumbbell. So, <laughs> um, so they know how to use all the equipment. What they're focused on is like, what are all the contingencies? What are the things that are going to get in the way? So it's like a business owner. It's the same thing. Like when I set a revenue goal and I put together my business plan, I'm thinking about drivers and restrainers. I'm thinking about the things that are in my corner that are going to drive me towards my goal. And then I'm thinking about potential restrainers, things that could potentially come up to derail me from accomplishing what I'm trying to accomplish. So I had to think about, um, you know, what are some of those possible things? Well, I'm not going to halt my travel and not go on vacation with my family just because of this. So how can I do this and continue to go on vacation? How can I do this and continue to travel for work and go to the conferences, you know, go meet the people and have the meetings that I need to have. Um, you know, how can I do this and, uh, you know, be a dad, how can I do this and still go on date nights with my wife and all of those things? Like, how can I do this and just incorporate this into my daily life? And so I started to think about all the things that could potentially get in the way. And, uh, I just started to, well, okay, if this happens, what am I going to do? If I'm on vacation and, you know, I can't find a pull-up bar, what am I doing? Like, mm, you know, yeah. just figure it out. What if I get injured? You know, what if I break my ankle? Um, what if I get in a car wreck? Uh, what if my legs get chopped off? What if I get, co- it's like, you think yeah, of all these yeah. things. Like, and I'm like, yes, if my legs get chopped off, I can still do pull-ups. Like if my, if my legs get chopped off, like I'll figure out a way, like I'll do the squats in my mind, you know? Like I will literally do 300 reps in my mind. I, you, you know what I mean? Like you can figure out a way to get the same thing done. Um, you know, and there's something, there's something to be said for someone that gets an injury because I hear about this all the time um, with people, how injuries derail them from accomplishing things physically. Yeah. You know, and, and I get it, you know, like you break a leg and all of a sudden it's like, it becomes two to three times harder to get back into it. Maybe it's 10 times harder to get back into the routine of things because you broke the routine in the, in the, in the first place. So when you, when you break your leg and you can no longer physically move, um, you know, my suggestion is still, you're not necessarily working out, but still set aside an hour of time to do something you normally wouldn't do. And so then once your leg is healed, you can easily switch out that hour of time for physical training. And yeah. it's not going to mess with your schedule because the number one excuse that I hear from people all the time is, Oh, I don't have time. How'd you make time for that? That's the craziest thing, Graham, a Murph every single day for a year. How did you make time for that? Well, number one, it takes commitment. And you know, there's times where I did it super early in the morning, in the middle of the day, late at night. So regardless, it was a task that had to get done no matter what. It right. was flexible throughout the day. I just fit it in and got it done. There were times where, uh, I had a one hour block. It's four o'clock. I have to leave at five to go on a date with my wife or to go somewhere with my wife. It's four o'clock. I'm walking out the door to do a Murph and I'm like hustling, hustling to get it done. And I get it done in 45 minutes. I'm able to go inside. I'm able to go inside, take five minutes to shower. I shaved my head. Like I kept my head shaved. So I just, I didn't have to mess with my hair, kept my, my face shaved. So I didn't have to mess with anything. It's like I shower, put my clothes on and I'm like ready to go. Um, so that's, that's an example of just, I don't know. I don't know. You just, you just figure it out. And that's over the course of time. It's just what I did. Figured it out. I don't know if you know, Zach Hughes, uh, former Green Beret, 
he's in our our circle of people as well and he he has uh he always talks about win at all costs like you just yeah. operate with a win at all cost mentality yeah and and that's that exemplifies that right there and yeah. i i love the i love the hair and the face like all that stuff matters right those are small details but like listen 15 minutes makes a difference absolutely so it's like all of the things like once you start to elevate and you your your standards for yourself start to go up you have to make choices on what you're going to spend your time on and those choices are going to change you know some of the things that are time wasters are naturally just going to drop off like I could give two, I don't care what my hair looks like, you know, like I'm just, I'm just going to shave my head, you know? Yeah. And so we, we talked about it's saving 15 minutes. Yeah. You know, we talk about decision fatigue and you know, you, you look at, at Gates and, and jobs and Zuckerberg and all, I mean, they wear the same thing every, every day. Right. Like most of the people in my circle, we wear black t-shirts and jeans, you know, because it's, it's mindless. Grab the next black t-shirt in the closet, put it on. Good. Go. You know, it, it's yeah, one yeah. Last thing to think about. Exactly. Um, dude, I, I love it. You know, again, if, if you've, if you've never done the Murph Memorial day is actually when this airs, we'll probably be about two days after Memorial day. So yeah, yeah. never done it and still haven't done it. Go do it. There's tons of ways to modify it. Like, you know, again, the resistance of people, I can't do pull-ups there. Trust me. There's a, there's an option for you. Yeah. You are not in the shape to do a full pull-up. There are plenty of versions to still go do the work and honor the workout and push yourself to get yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah, dude. I, I had a last week. So I was in um, uh, Utah for a entrepreneur's retreat. And at this retreat, we're all doing Murph. You know, there was probably about a dozen of us doing it. And there was this guy, 280 pounds. who's just like, I've never done a Murph before, uh, but you guys have inspired me to do it. And I used yeah. to think because I'm overweight, I can't do it because like, I can't do pull-ups. And I'm like, look, man, I mean, number one, that's a lie. You know, you can do it. And number two, um, you know, just scale, scale this. There's different ways to scale each movement so that you can do it. And the point is, is just to be able to do the movements with your body weight in any way that you can. And, um, you know, and that's, that's the best way to do it. And so he ended up completing it, took him like 50 some odd minutes, which, which is fine. Yeah. You know? That's great awesome. for his first time, you know, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So, so you completed the Murph 365, um, uh, in my, in my recon of you, I learned that at some point you worked with James Lawrence, the Iron Cowboy. Mm -hmm. If you don't know who the Iron Cowboy is, he did 50 Ironman triathlons in 50 states in 50 consecutive days, which logistically, I can't even wrap my head around that. Like the physical yeah. is one thing, but the logistics of it is just insane. And right now he is doing a hundred of them in a row, same city, uh, same general vicinity. And uh, Graham, you joined him for one recently. Yes. So let's talk about that a little bit. I know you said you had committed to doing one like a long time ago. You kept kicking it down the road. Uh, finally, you know. You oh, know. I never com I never committed. Okay. <laughs> oh, dude, I never committed. I was like, so, so how I met James, let's talk about this. So, um, you know, I used to be, uh, you know, I used to have a problem with alcohol. And, uh, I made, I made a shift in my life and, um, you know, mainly through my wife, my wife was like, 
you either choose alcohol or you choose the family. So I made the choice to, to, you know, obviously stay with my family. So I gave that up and I knew for me to stick with it, I had to make some radical changes in my life. And I had to do something radical with my body physically to force me to take care of myself. So I actually uh, tried out for a semi-pro football team at the age of 34 and um, seems like people, a good choice. I know, I know. Yeah, <laughs> most people are retiring from professional athletics, you know, at that age. And I was like, no, nah, I think I'll just enter in. So I was the old man on the team, but man, uh, I made the team, and it was just like, I just absolutely loved it, and it forced me to take care of myself. And so when the season was over, I was like, man, okay, I need to do something. What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? I need to keep this train rolling. So. Um, that's where I got hooked up with seal fit, uh, owned by retired Navy seal, uh, Mark divine, who basically he simulates buds hell week for civilians. And basically you, you pay him lots of money to get your ass beat for, yeah. you know, 60 hours straight. <laughs> so I did, I did his programs, did all of his programs. And then afterwards he's like, Hey, I want you to come, uh, you know, support our, support our company and, and, you know, help us with X, Y, and Z. So, uh, that's how I've done all the training with these guys over the last five, six Got years it. is I've been watching these retired SEALs uh, train people uh, for the last five to six years supporting them. So um, after supporting them for a while, there is this event that came up um, called the Sparta 300. And essentially what it is, it's retracing the steps of King Leonidas and 300 Spartans from Sparta to Thermopylae. So if you guys have ever watched that movie 300, when they grab their shields and you know they go on this big long march, uh, you know, in the movie, it, they make it seem so easy. It's like, yeah, it takes them five minutes. How does that happen? Yeah. And it's no longer like, like it, it was 235 miles. And so oh my God. <laughs> we were the first, there's 20 of us that went, we were the first people in, you know, history of the world, whatever, to retrace the steps of King Leonidas and 300 Spartans epic trip. And I was like, I, I have to find somebody to train me to do this because I've never ran a marathon in my life. I've never done more than 13.1 miles in my life. Um, and I hate running. I absolutely hated it, but I'm like, this is an epic trip. I'm going to figure this out. This is who I am. I'm doing this. And so uh, I started to do research and I found uh, James Lawrence, Iron Cowboy. And I contacted him and was like, Hey, uh, this is something that I'm doing. And I've never, done anything like this before never ran a marathon i want you to train me and uh he said sure and so he started training me and uh this was in 2017 january of 2017 he started training me and then he actually decided to come on the trip too so he came on the trip uh we were roommates and uh, we got to know each other and he since every year since then he's been trying to talk me into doing an iron man he's like hey man you gotta come do an iron man i'm like no nah, dude I'm not like, it was a hard, fast. No, like, I'm not, I'm not spending seven to eight hours on a bike. You know, <laughs> it's just not what I'm doing. All I can bike. swim, you know, I can swim and I can run, but you know, that bike thing, no, no bueno. And so we just, um, he, he, uh, trained me for some other events. I did some stuff in the mountains, uh, in 2018 and, um, did some stuff in the grand Canyon in 2018 as well. And, uh, some other stuff in 2019 but we so we've been in contact with each other and he's trained me pretty well we've developed this relationship and then you know at the beginning of the year he's like hey um i'm doing this thing called conquer 100 where i'm doing an iron man every day for 100 days 
um, I really want you to come do one with me. And um, I was like, all right, man, I'll do one. And I was like, what did I just? <laughs> You're like, uh-oh, I, did I say that out loud? Was that my outside voice? <laughs> what did I just commit to? Um, and I was in the middle of doing the Murph 365. And so, but the point is this, man, like I, I, one of the things that I've learned about doing the Murph is that you can literally do be and have anything that you want or desire in your life with a little bit of daily work, literally anything is possible. And so I started to apply that to all kinds of areas in my life, you know, including, you know, being casted for this musical, which actually turned down Amazon and Netflix. This, that's like how high level this musical is. And uh, the roles that I have, like I'll, I'll post a couple of pictures, but my gosh, man, um, a daily work, you know, it took daily work to, to be able to do something like that. And then with this Ironman and training, it's like, it just, in completing Murph 365, there's this element of confidence that if I put my mind to something and I commit to it, there's without a doubt, I have the ability to put the work in to be able to accomplish it. So um, that's essentially what it came down to. Um, I took five weeks to train for this Ironman. Um, and let me, let me disclose this. It's not an official Ironman because Ironman is a brand and a trademark. Um, so it's technically, it's a full triathlon, which is, you know, 2.4 mile swim, 112 miles on a road bike and a full marathon at the very end. So when I went to go do this, first of all, I didn't want to spend five to 10 grand on a bike that I was just going to use one time because I'm telling you, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> so, so I borrowed a number one, I borrowed a bike from my buddy in San Francisco. who has got a road bike. And apparently you're supposed to get fitted for these, you know, and you're supposed to do, you know, get a bike that, you know, fits your body. Right. He's six, two, I'm five, eight. Um, I'm five, eight, 180 pounds. You know, I got some muscle on me, uh, not a whole lot of fat. And so it's like, I'm thick and dense, man. And so the bike, uh, I don't think it was necessarily made for me. So <laughs> yeah. when I actually pedal and all of these little things make a huge difference. And so these they like made me appreciate the intentionality and the detail that goes into the performance of these triathletes. And, you know, their bikes are made specifically for who they are and all these little things make a difference. So my weight um, and the pressure on the tires and the little things that, you know, make it aerodynamic, right. really make a difference in the resistance and the amount of wattage, you know, and the amount of power that you have to use when you pedal. And it may not make a huge difference if you're pedaling for a half hour, but when you're pedaling for six hours, you know, or four hours into the wind and you're a wide bodied person, you know, <laughs> on a, on a, on a bike, like you're, you're like a sail, you know, it's like a sail in the wind, dude. Oh. And so massive resistance. And so that's what it was like riding a bike uh, that was not made for me. Um, and a couple other factors I didn't think about um, Salt Lake city is, which is where this, triathlon was is um 4900 feet elevation why i live in the san diego area which is at sea level man and so i'm training at sea level and i'm competing at 4900 feet and so um oxygen was not getting into my body fast enough and yeah. so it just during the swim within like the first like couple hundred yards i'm just like oh this is this is gonna be a long day 
Like I can just, I can just know, like I know what I'm up against. And so I'm like preparing my mind for, for just the, the physical crucible that I'm going to deal with. Um, I started to get cramps during the swim and, you know, I had to change strokes from regular freestyle to breaststroke. And so anybody who swims often knows that breaststroke is a little bit slower. And so basically it just, it took me longer to complete the swim than everybody else. So then the pack started like moved ahead of me. And so they all started the bike at the same time, whereas I was about a half hour behind. So when you're biking in a pack, you actually get a draft. Like it, it requires less energy to actually move. So, um, it was a very, um, challenging experience and, uh, didn't have music or anything along with me. So I want to conserve my battery power, you know? Yeah. So, um, no music left with my own thoughts the Ooh. entire day, the entire, <laughs> the entire day. Yeah. It was, it was brutal, bro. Yeah. It's interesting. You talk about from almost the beginning, knowing that, okay, here's what I'm in for. And it's one of those moments where not everything, but like life prepared you for that moment, right? The Murph 365 mm-hmm. prepared you for that moment. Seal fit prepared you for that moment. Like you were, you were doing all the training a long time ago. You just didn't know what you were training for yet. And mm-hmm. there'll be something else that'll come in your path. that will be the same thing. And you'll think back to the triathlon and go, oh yeah, it's time to roll, time to pivot, time to figure it out. And, and, you know, honestly, and, and it's so simplistic to say, but that's what successful people do. We just figure it out. Like there's not a blueprint for everything. Right. I would say the big, the big thing is not quitting, you know, cause at that point it's like, I know what I'm in for. I've been here before. I've actually been in this situation before. I know what it's like to be physically beaten down for more than 24 hours for like 60 hours. Right. And I've done it plenty of times for 24 hours. So I know what I'm in for and I could either make a decision to continue and accept the challenge in front of me, or I could just totally reject it and just be like, no, I'm not going to engage in that. I choose not to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, man, when, when I finished, it was just, it was a matter of just, just being proud. Like I'm, I'm proud of that decision. Yeah. It should be. (laughs) I'm proud of that decision, you know? And then at the same time, it's like, well, that's who I am. You know, like that's my identity. That's who I am. So there wasn't like this resounding, like amazing joy, like this huge, like overwhelming sense of accomplishment. It's just like, check. Yeah. You know, almost like a, like a, like a mentality of we finish to begin. You know, I'm done. What's next? So speaking of that, so if we start to wrap things up, that's my next question for you. What's next? Great question. So a um, couple things. So I've, I've exited out of my roofing company um, officially, and I started a leadership and performance brand called Victory. And essentially what, what we do is we work with people on developing leadership skills in their business. Um, you know, it's, it's essentially it's for entrepreneurs, athletes, leaders that just want to increase their skill and really understand some of the fine details of performance to 
operate in victory. That's, that's the idea. So I do that. Uh, that's my career. And then on the side, uh, from a physical standpoint, climbing mountains, you know, that's, that's what we're doing. Yeah. I'll be out in Colorado here in about two weeks to go climb a couple 14ers. Um, you know, I did this thing called as many peaks as possible. I made it up. It's my own thing where, uh, you just climb as many 14ers as you can in five days. And, um, you know, a couple of years ago I did 12 and, uh, just, I want to continue to crush that 12. I love it. I've always, I've always been enamored with mountain climbing. Like I watch documentaries on Everest and all that stuff. And I probably live in the flattest place in the world. Um, so I've never, I've never pursued it because I'm like, I got to go somewhere and buy some gear and do all the things. So maybe, maybe I'll come join you for one of those at some point. That'd be, be so great. So yeah. great. I have no idea how my body would, it would respond to that at all. I got no clue. Oh man. You, uh, yeah, you don't know. I, I remember one time I, I, um, I think it was the first one I did. I got up to the top and you're at 14,000 feet and there's a huge difference between 13,000 feet and 14,000 feet. <laughs> <laughs> so you get up to the top, man, and you just don't want to stick around for very long because yeah. you don't know how your body is going to react when you, if you stay up there for an hour, taking pictures and just chilling, it's like, nah, man, if you, if anything, it's like, take a couple pictures and go chill at 12,000 feet, you know, <laughs> like that's, so you just, you want to, you want to get moving and get off the mountain. But, um, I, I just remember getting lightheaded and queasy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. It's a common thing. Um, all right. So, so last question I have for you, um, you're pretty active on social media and we'll, we'll tell mm-hmm. the people where to find you and all that. If you knew that the next thing you put out on social media, the next post on Facebook would go viral, and I mean like, you know, baby shark viral, what would you want that message to be? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. That's a good question, man. you know, I would want it to, to say, I want, I wanted people to understand that one of the, one of the greatest gifts that God gave us is our potential and our gift back to God is what we do with that potential. Mm. And, uh, that's the best way that we can honor our God is by, you know, living by our full potential. Um, and that's one of the things that really just smacked me in the face within the last year. So that's what I would, yeah, man. Yeah. That's what I would do. That's what, that's what I would want to go viral. They give me chills, man. I dig it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. one thing, dude, one thing I forgot to talk about, um, is, um, you know, we, we, we didn't really get much into, uh, like supplements and, and nutrition and stuff like that. You know, um, I've actually, um, and the reason why I bring this up is because people have asked me, people have asked me about this. They're like, Hey, so what within Murph 365, like, what have you, what have you done? What do you, what do you do nutritionally? What do you do supplement wise? Nutritionally? Like I just eat a clean, a clean diet. You know, I try to stay away from sugar as much as possible. Eat well-rounded fruits, vegetables, meat, protein, uh, a good balance between carbs, 
and protein and fat and all that kind of stuff. I like avocados are good. Um, and then from a supplement standpoint, I've worked with um, uh, Opt Health. So this will be in the show notes. I'll send it over to you. But there's a link that you guys can click on. And this is, I recommend this for everybody. Every, every male, every female, or yeah, male, female, whatever. Get a blood panel done. Get a blood panel done and have a doctor read it, a nutritionist read it, and tell you what works for your body. That's something that I did that I've done over the last couple of years that, that has worked tremendously for me. And uh, that that nutritionist or doctor will hook you up with somebody to supply you with product that will optimize your body. So we'll put it in the show notes, but uh, the people that I've worked with are uh, is Opt Health. So there you go. Awesome. That's a, awesome. the one one plug. <laughs> so so tell the people where they can follow you on social media where they can find out more information about your program and and whatever else you want to plug well so a couple things um you know i'm in i'm on instagram and facebook um my first name is graham last name is dessert d-e-s-s-e-r-t uh graham spelled like graham cracker and uh, those are my handles man like it's pretty easy to find me there's nobody else in the world that has my name it's pretty pretty awesome and then, you know, I have this motivational text community and you guys can text the number 760-452-3577. And I send out daily messages to these people that are in this community, just, and all of it is all, all like, it's just all around motivation, um, mindset and transformation. So uh, those are the three, three biggest things. I dig it, man. You you're an incredible human, Graham. I'm, I'm so grateful for your time today. I know this is not the, the only conversation you and I are going to have. I can guarantee you that. Um, you know, if you're listening to this, please go follow this dude. He's doing some amazing things. And, you know, when you, when you talk about people changing the world, I, I discuss this all the time. Like, I don't know that one of us can change the world, but we can definitely change our world. And the ripple effect that that has can be incredible. And, you know, just from the little bit of, of knowing you, following you on social media, seeing what you're doing, the messaging that you're putting out there, it's outstanding. And it's so needed today in our society. You know, we won't get off the rails in that. But, you know, in my, in my very biased opinion, it's very needed. It's, it's a message that people need to hear more of. We need more leadership. We need more people taking responsibility. And, and so I love meeting someone like you and knowing that you're leading part of this charge to really change humans Amen. because that's how we change the world. Yeah. And this isn't so, uh, I know there's a lot of leaders and coaches out there and you know, what's different about me is I do, you know, stuff. I've done <laughs> a lot of things that most people haven't. And so I take the experiences that I've had in my life as a, as a husband, as a father, overcoming addiction overcoming all kinds of just crazy obstacles in my life, you know, along with the physical stuff, um, along with the entrepreneurship and the leadership and I put all that together. And that's what my program's about. It's getting victory in your life. Yes, sir. Well, again, thank you so much for your time. Greatly appreciate it. If you are listening, once again, go subscribe, leave a review, tell us what you thought mm. about this episode specifically, man. Go back and listen to this again. All the little wisdom nuggets. Is, I'm going to go back and listen to this and take notes myself. So um, until next time, you guys get out there, be great, and make good choices. 
Thanks so much for tuning in. I greatly appreciate it. If you would like to get a copy of my book, Make Good Choices, head on over to the Amazons, type in Make Good Choices or my name. It should come up in either place. If you would like to connect with me for health and fitness coaching, shoot me an email at info at markzfitness.com or shoot me a text, 214-418-8872. That's the only phone number I got. It's been out there for a really long time. Hope you enjoyed the show. And until next time, keep on making good choices.